it's funny you mentioned um, your sacred creator course because I was going to ask you to talk about it. Okay. Oh, great. It's it's really weird you brought it up. I I seriously synchronicities with you is always really amazing. It blows my mind. Of course, like. Of course, because spirits are sitting with us, right? It's going, mm, Amaris, Isla, you guys, this is what you guys are going to be talking about today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, always, always. So, I mean, like, could you, could you, um, like, like, explain, you know, like, why, um, why did you come up with the concept, or how do you come up with the concept for Secret Creator? Okay, wow. Do you want the, do you want, like, the full, full story? Yeah, we've got time. Oh, we got time, Tungs. We're going to tell the full, full, full story. Are you going to get involved as well, Tungs? Or are you, uh, maybe he's going to learn anything. So, oh my goodness. So, huh. Although since I was a child, uh, I've always kind of, I've always understood that everything has a soul, everything has a spirit. So as a kid, I'm like, yeah, okay, I know I can speak to the rocks, I know I can speak to the trees, I know I can speak to the wind, but never really kind of received anything, but just kind of had a knowing. Um, and then when i was it was actually when i was doing my phd my master's or phd mm, maybe my master's or first year phd anyway when i was in um studying at uni i um had a, my first shaman um called medicine grizzly bear or bobby lake his name is bobby lake tom he's also known as medicine grizzly bear i'm not even sure if he's still alive but i had some correspondence with him so he kind of helped me kind of go deeper into like connecting with nature and um yeah just looking at yeah just looking at myself making sure that i was starting the day kind of with with um dropping into my spirits dropping into my soul before I kind of started my day but it was actually when i was 30 so this has been on this journey now deeply for nine years so it was when i was 30 and i was not in a, a good marriage so tunkasil and i not in a good marriage it was it was it was physically abusive every now and again but every day like emotional and mental, mental torture in terms of abuse and it got to the point where i was just like absolutely rock bottom and i didn't I just didn't know what to do didn't didn't know what to do and i really did contemplate suicide and uh, i didn't because of tunka because i was like i i'm not gonna it's not fair for me to kind of um for her fate to be in my hands and then to not know what would happen to her so very very thankful for tunka for all of her teachings but also that one as well but i'm there was a woodland where i lived at the time and i used to go and visit this woodland every day and there's this beautiful tree that i would that i would sit on and um the tree grew like at a bit of an angle so it kind of came out and then it was horizontal and then went up and i would sit on this tree and just because of its natural my weight on the trunk it would kind of bounce and it, it was so reassuring so this day i was up in this woodland on this tree and like like the snots the tears blur everything right and then just cry my eyes out and and i heard someone say you are enough and instant I stopped because I was like, oh my goodness, there's a farmer that's just being stood behind me, like watching me the entire time. And I was mortified. I was like, I'm so embarrassed this farmer's watching me. And I looked, I looked around and there was nobody there. So I went back to like snotting and crying. And um, I heard it again, like, you are enough. And I realized it was the tree. And I was like, oh, and there's something like much deeper going on here. So I kind of went onto this journey of this deeper connection of like, come on, Isla, you've been you've been aware of this for such a long time. Like, let's explore it now. So I've been on this nine year journey myself. And it was it was actually in a very first vision quest that I did where um, I received I received a symbol. So it's a sacred creative symbol. So I received a symbol and uh, my guides were just like, draw this because you're going to use it. And again, right, I was kind of like oh i'm kind of connected to spirit and then i'm back into ego connected to spirit back into my ego and as i got this symbol 
I then was like, oh, how am I gonna, what am I gonna use this for? How am I gonna use this? I'll draw it anyway. But of course I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna use this. And then later on, I then got the words like sacred creator, the symbol makes sacred creator. And it's almost like, you know, I am, I am a canine wellness practitioner or an intuitive canine wellness alchemist, which I guess describes more about what I do. But it's not in order for our dogs to have their best life. We actually have to be looking at ourselves and wanting the best life for ourselves. Right. So we're still focused on like, it doesn't matter about me. Don't worry about me. It's all about my dog, what my dog needs. Or, and I'm like, that's not true. It's like it's all, it's all about your dog. Therefore, it's all about you. And I realize a big a big piece that is missing in the canine industry and actually not just our canine industry, not just for dog guardians and dog professionals, but for most humans in our in Western society and modern day society are stuck in their survival strategy, which we could call the shadow, which we could call the evil, which we could call fear, whatever we want to call it. We, we are literally operating, like you said, in that hamster wheel, we're just operating on this this cycle that is a huge distortion. And so what I realise is like, wow, I, I've been there. I I know what it's like to be in that very deep, dark place of rock bottom and nobody, deserve, nobody deserves to be there. But now that I don't, I literally, even when those challenges come, like we've talked about just before, when these challenges come and they're sticky and they're icky and uh, you, uh, you don't even want to be there, but you just have this trust and knowing an awareness of it just means that there's, that there's work to do, that something's coming through that you're ready for to kind of process and purge. And that's really what Sacred Creator is. Sacred Creator is about trusting seeing experiencing and living from the sacred that you are we are all sacred and the creator that we that you are you are you we are all creators and um, but we kind of don't quite understand what that creator is because when we live in a survival keeps operating in our present day but from the past or operating our present day but trying to kind of predict the future both of them are survival strategy so it's about kind of well, it literally is is reprogramming. It's it's creating new neural networks from a science perspective, from a, a shamanic, shamanic, earth-based, indigenous wisdom perspective. It's connecting to our soul and opening up our heart consciousness. It's like getting people to feel, you know, I always say don't think it, feel it. Allow your heart to speak because your heart cannot lie. Your, your mind can. Your mind makes up things all the time. Your mind looks for evidence mm. that isn't true that isn't the truth and um, whereas when we tap back into our heart consciousness which is uh, Tunka Cedar's with me if you can hear her like that's where our dogs live and operate from that's where all non-human animals live from is from their heart they're responding from the heart and allowing their physical body to feel that and then respond as a result so it's getting people to get back to their sacred selves and as we're in our sacred self we become the creator and that means you know, I create, I choose the words I speak, the thoughts that I want to have, what I want to um, bring forward, what I want to manifest, what I want my life to be, what I want my dog's life to be, even from that perspective of going, wow, like my dog has got challenges right now. I've got challenges right now, but I trust that there is also something for me to learn from here, for me to have like medicine, as I refer it to, seeing the, the magic and the mystery of life. And so Sacred Creator is this beautiful, I think it's beautiful, this beautiful journey that we all go on um, together. We're all on our own journey, but we go on it together as a group uh, where we build our sacred hoop. We build our medicine wheel, our sacred hoop that's outside of us. We make it strong, we make it clear, we make it bright. We make it, we, we kind of shake hands with our allies so that our allies are strong which means that when we do have an element of fear that comes up or a trigger or something from 
a past experience shows itself, we actually also shake that, shake hands with that, and it becomes an ally because now we know how to work with it rather than it being kind of in the shadow like we've talked about in the unconscious of God, we don't even see it, um, but it's kind of consuming how I live my life based on the thoughts that I have about myself, about others, about what my dog should be, how my dog should be or how it shouldn't be. When, when we live from that place of the sacred one and when we live from that place of heart consciousness, we're like, wow, even in challenging times, like everything is perfect. We just have that trust of like, wh why, like, what is it that I'm supposed to learn here? What is it that um, is needed here? And so that's kind of what Sacred Creator is. It's this, this journey into the medicine wheel where we go, we start in the south and then the west and the north and the east and within and we build, we just collect almost like on a, on a computer game, right? When it's like, choose your character. So this is your character. And then like, as you go throughout the game, like as you, as you go through the different levels, like they get harder and harder. It's like, oh, I've got this, this buddy that I need to get is like now even more complicated to get. But on that computer game, you collect things, right? So you have like a little backpack, but you've collected so many things that it's impossible for all these things to be in your backpack so on the game you click a button and it's like oh these are all the things in your bag what do you need now that's what we do in sacred crates like we collect all these tools to go right okay right now like i've been triggered by something or right now like oh my heart is so heavy or oh, i just feel really sad or like last week i did some work around my will center and i was just cr i worked with elder actually and i was just crying my eyes out not because i was sad just like my body is telling me I just need to cry. I just need to release. And that's, there's a beauty in that as well. Like one of my clients says to me, is like, I just need to be strong. I need to be strong for my family. I need to be strong for my kids. I need to be strong for my dog. So I'm going to hold it together. And like that crying is strong. Crying is strong because it's basically saying that you trust to show up. You're prepared to show up fully and that you um, are strong to cry. You're strong enough to release and be raw and be open and be vulnerable and therefore be authentic. Like that is like, how is that not strength? Um, so yeah, Sacred Creates is really, I just love it. I really, really love it. And I'm just so proud of everyone that's part of it because you just see, you just see how they just kind of um, metamorphosize, right? They kind of come out of this shell, they come out of this cocoon or they're like, oh, like I totally see how that's a fear response now. And you know, so, like I will get everyone to name their ego, right? So even me, like my, my ego is called our Babs. Uh, which would be Barbara, but where are it's our Babs, and like I am gonna drop the f bomb. I'm sorry, but like if our Babs ever shows up, and it's rare for it to show up now, but when our Babs shows up, I'm like, our Babs, thank you, thank you for keeping me safe, because there was a time that that you were needed, that you, you know, we don't we don't hate on the ego. So it's like, wow, you showed up to keep me safe, but by keeping me safe, you also kind of kept me over here. Like I can't, I like it's too scary out there, so I'm just gonna stay here. Um, but yeah, when the ego now shows up, I'll just be like. Thank you, our Babs. Thank you so much for keeping me safe. It's like, it's a different time now. Like, it's not needed. I see you. So our Babs just, you know, shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. Um, so some, cause sometimes we have to be that, like, sometimes we have to be really soft. Like, okay, this is something that's really hard. It's a challenge. I'm just going to go softly, like with ease and grace, just softly, softly, softly. But sometimes it's like, you know what, girl, I'm just going to grab you and just, just sit down. Like, you're not needed. And so this is where... It, it varies right but it's it's the challenge is as i said before people love the beauty of the beauty of healing of like wow not to be stuck in these thoughts not to be stuck in feeling this way going back to like i've also been there like i know what it's like and i know nobody does like nobody deserves that no animal no plant no water no 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 thing um but yeah being in this this sacred creator journey people love the romance of of healing but it's hard um and then that's kind of 
that's why a lot of people can't do it. A lot of people won't do it because it's not easy. If it was easy, then everyone would be doing it, right? Because we've got to go through pains. People are like, oh my God, like this is something that like my 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 psyche, my unconscious, or just being thrown into my unconscious to keep me safe. And now I'm bringing it forward and I forgot that was said in my childhood or I forgot that happened in my childhood. Or like, oh, I can't believe that thing that happened in my childhood has like shaped me as an adult. But but it's true. And, and you know, one of one of my greatest concerns, even what's happening now with COVID is, the generation of children that have become young adults that have got trauma they've they've had soul losses without it being detected without even western society talking about what a soul loss is multiple 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 children having soul losses multiple multiple children being now in households where parents are really really stressed where teachers are really really stressed and this is causing a lot of confusion and then we're going to have we're going to have a a holding of young adults that are going to be operating from that survival strategy or from their soul losses that have occurred now and that's a really serious thing and in my teachings there's there's some there's some kind of strict laws and one of them which is so beautiful one of them is um no law shall be passed that harms the children and the children here refer to like all our relations so not just the human children but the, the non-human animal children the waters the plants the trees the rocks everything but also no harm no law should be passed that harms the children over the next seven generations so it's not just like the generation now it's over the next seven generations these decisions are made based on okay if we if we do this how does this decision that we make now affect the next seven generations um so it, it allows us as we do this work ourselves like some of my clients that are um, not in a great place uh, with covered or because of how their children are being affected or just how they're being affected it's like the 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 beauty is because we are the core we can only do this work on ourselves um we are responsible for our own healing like i can be here as a guide you can be there as a guide but every person is responsible really to do their own healing and only only each person can do it themselves but because we are the more as we do it for ourselves that is what is creates the strongest power that's what has the most potency to put into the collective so as we do it for ourselves we don't need to know we don't need to see the evidence that oh it's happening to my neighbor it's happening to someone a hundred thousand miles away it's we're putting it into the cosmos we're putting it into the consciousness the collective consciousness but because we are the hub of that because we do now ourselves we are that core then it starts to have such a profound effect on their on the collective and that's why i always say is we do it for ourselves then we're doing it really for altruistic reasons because yes we start to feel different but as we start to feel different that creates a change um you know so some people will come to me because they're full of anger and i'm like angry angry about um whatever whether it is covered or whether it's people like oh animals being treated unfairly or water's being destroyed and all these things that are true and me to have passion and and power and strength over and, and our voice to be heard but if we do it from a place of anger then as an energy that's all we'll put into the collective and we've got enough anger going on right now we don't need any more anger but as we do it from a place of like mm, okay how can i go into ceremony how can i go into honoring how can i see like as a reflection as a trigger like this this subject that i'm so passionate about is fueling me with anger so it's it's not even anything to do with that subject it's telling me that i have still anger i have unresolved anger about myself about normally a a thought process a pattern like for me it'd be like oh most of us believe that there is something inherently wrong with us where something happens in our childhood which can be huge it can be a huge huge impact a huge huge trauma or it can just be the simple words that an, an adult says to us who's not conscious of the power of words right and that just drops a little seed in our being to go, 
oh, I'm, there's something wrong with me. I'm, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm not, I'm not as good enough as my class, my classmate or my neighbor or my brother or my sister. And, and we just kind of set this seed and it just grows and it's almost like a cancer itself. It just grows and grows and grows around until we can't see it because we literally are walking around from the unconscious belief of like, we're just not good enough. Um, and so I'm here to kind of like from that human perspective of to kind of drop that bomb and blast those walls away so that you go, you are love, you are sacred, you are divine, you are a creator. Let's get you onto that trajectory and and away we go, even when those triggers come, those challenges come, and how we get to see them. Knowing that the psyche will always protect us. So the psyche will the psyche will only ever hand us hand us a, a wound, a pain, a trigger, a trauma, a survival strategy when we're actually ready to go through that journey, no matter how kind of grueling it is at the time. Um, it's almost like a little bubble. Like, oh, I just, I, I kind of explain it as like, we're climbing a mountain and we're like, yes, I can really see the top, woohoo, we're climbing this mountain. And then we're almost getting the top and then this cloud moves and you're like, oh, what, are you kidding me? Like, oh God, okay, keep climbing then, climbing, 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 climbing. Yes, okay, we need it at the top, we need it at the top, we need it at the top. And then the cloud moves and you're like, what? Like, I thought I was at the top again. And that's why it's a lifelong journey, but it, it gets to be easy. We start to identify the patterns. We start to feel in, like I shared when we jumped on the call, um, we start to identify the triggers and we get to laugh. We get to laugh at those triggers and laugh at the hilarity of kind of um, the healing journey and um, and this process and this work um and yeah it's and then with the the triggers and the wounds we get to we get to it through them but the reality is which people hate me hate hearing and hate me saying but it's the truth that it's a it's a spiral so it is a lifelong journey but it gets to be easier and softer and we get to recognize uh, those triggers well you know um because like my own journey was you know like i was really fucked up i'm still i'm fucking my mind too today you know, it's it's a it's a I'm a work in progress, uh, as I shared with you earlier. Um, you mentioned soul loss. What what is soul loss? Mm. I do you know. So one of the things that I do for dogs and people is um, soul retrieval. So there is um, yeah. So in modern day psychology, it would be classed as dissociation, where like and, and the best example to give is more like a physical sensation where someone may be involved in an accident. Uh, or with their memory. So someone may be involved in an accident and they're like, well, do you know, I can remember like moments up to the accident and I can remember like waking up in the hospital, don't remember the event of the accident itself at all. Or someone may have had an accident or a trauma and they're like, I can't, it's, it's like, I know I haven't got like nerve damage, but I just can't, I literally cannot feel this part of my body. It's, it's almost like it's disconnected. So they're kind of like the best examples to give in terms of soul loss, but we also kind of are a soul and our soul is fully in us, but it, it expands out as well. And what happens is when we are go when a tr when when a traumatic event is is happening, whether it is emotional trauma, mental trauma, physical trauma, um, so that our body doesn't feel the 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 full blow of that trauma, just part of the part of the soul just goes boop. It literally just jumps out of the, the energy body, it jumps out of, of the being, the vessel that it's in um, and just kind of gets stuck, just gets kind of lost. It kind of hangs around. Um, so it's what is called a soul loss. And so soul loss is very, very natural because the soul loss, for example, I mean, it can be as severe as like a trauma, right? But it could be as something as um, I see you in a supermarket and and I look at you and you sit, you make eye contact with me and smile and I go, 
oh, what, why are you wearing that jacket? I mean, it looks horrific. That can be enough for you to go, oh, wow, like I'm really embarrassed now. Like, oh, that's really hurt me. That can be enough for part of your soul to go boop. So soul losses are actually really common. Um, but in indigenous cultures, because they still hold on to these teachings, they know the importance of soul loss, that they would do something about it very, very quickly. In modern society, soul losses are happening all the time and we're just not privy to this information. And so they could cause all manner of distresses, anything from like sleep deprivation to eating disorders, but, you know, um, men mental health um, issues, emotional health issues, um, like depression, very, very deep depression, not feeling content, feeling lost, feeling hopeless, just not feeling they belonged, just feeling like, oh God, I, can't, I just can't settle. And of course you can't settle because the soul is not whole, the soul is not complete. Um, and so, yeah, the soul loss is, is a quite a big thing I find in our society because so many of us are privy to it. Uh, sorry, not privy to it, although it happens, it, it happens as, as, a, as a natural kind of way that the soul can be affected. But what isn't natural is for nothing to be done about it. In our society, nothing is done about it unless we have these teachings and these understandings. But because as adults, most of us have had a soul loss from something that happens in childhood. We, we grow up, we develop having had a soul loss and multiple soul losses. And so it, it just forms who we are as an adult. And so often an, in, in our adult life, and we need these what are called soul retrievals. So from a from a shamanic from a shamanic perspective for a blood shaman or a shamanic practitioner like myself um you kind of go off and search for the search for the soul part or soul parts that need to be brought back and and it's really interesting because sometimes they come back really quickly and sometimes you've got to do a negotiation or certainly in my experience you've got to negotiate to that soul part normally if it's um like a, a young child well they'll just be like that I'm, I'm never going back to that world. Like I'm never like it, it wasn't nice. It was cruel. It was unkind. And you've kind of got to explain. No, oh, no, you're an adult now. I'm literally taking you back to your adult self. You, get to, you have full responsibility. You get to choose who you speak to. You get to choose where you go. Like you, you, I'm taking you back to your adult self. And then you know sometimes the soul part will come back, and sometimes the soul part will still ask for a negotiation of going well okay, I'll come back, but under these conditions. And, and often the conditions are actually really interesting. They're very fun and playful-like and very childlike, um, but uh, are incredible, the feedback that I receive from um, from them, the instructions that I've given to the adults that I've done a soul retrieval on, and they're just like, wow, like, I can't believe that instruction was so simple, but how it's just made me feel so youthful, so young, so full of life and fun. And now I get to see the the joy of life i get to actually see life but from a different perspective oh, so with humans we have so lost how about animals oh my goodness yes yeah, sorry so that's what i said with um so tunka Sila, so I, I in my soul sessions with dogs so all animals may um all species i should say as individuals have the potential of needing a soul retrieval for sure. Um, wild animals, I would say, is probably, um, unless they kind of maybe been hunted or like in a, in a road traffic accident or something like that, then um, because they have a lot more freedom um, and I would say they have a much, they have the ability to support themselves on a soul retrieval, but certainly with our domestic animals. And you know, for me, it's it, I really am about canines. Like I love all animals, but my, focuses in canines 
absolutely dogs also need saw retrievals in my saw sessions i've i've worked now i work with quite a few dogs where a saw retrieval was needed and as an example so tunka seela who's, who's next to me so she's needed um two saw retrievals one was around um when i was in an abusive marriage so she was also had a physical physical abuse physical trauma so she needed a saw retrieval from that and also um from surgery so i don't want anyone to panic to go oh, my animals had surgery it's going to need a saw retrieval that isn't necessarily true she she's needed a saw retrieval from one surgery but she's had three surgeries in her life the other two surgeries she didn't need a saw retrieval and um, so yeah absolutely it, it it's almost um because our animals or non-human animals and let's take our dogs as an example because because they don't operate from ego judgment they um they they're the ability for the kind of soul to to kind of come back is is easier than what it can be for humans but certainly where there has been a big trauma or where the dog is living you know even with a dog's living in a household where they really are under a um like a, a strict regimen of like strict control of you know um almost like this really strict level of obedience then that dampens the soul and what dampens the soul to a point can create soul loss um, so yeah, it applies to our dogs and, and also what's really interesting. So, um, Tunka Seela is, um, she's a reactive dog, as we would say, uh, for me, I would say a dog that is reactive is just a dog that struggles to cope at a particular moment in time. So there are particular moments in time where she may meet a person or she may meet another dog that she is not comfortable being around. And so she will express that in the way she needs to express. And in my ego, when I first saw, so I've known about sword retrievals for, for some time, but it's only relatively recent that I've been able to do them. Hi, baby. Um, and in my ego, right, I read about soul retrievals and I was like, oh, well, that's it then, isn't it? Like, I'll be able to do a soul retrieval on Tunka Sela and she'll become the dog that I can let, let off lead on the beach. I can take her into the town and meet all these people. Like, oh, it'll, that's what she needs. She needs a soul retrieval and it'll fix everything, of course. And the beauty is she has had a soul retrieval and she's still reactive. She still struggles to cope moments in time and when i connected to her in terms of literally connecting to her soul and asking her like oh but you've had a soul retrieval and i know you have like why are you still reactive and it was really beautiful because she was like yeah my soul is full my soul is whole my soul is complete but my body is my physical body is a like in terms of its biochemistry is still having an experience it's still having to has learned something and because then they dogs are kind of more primitive and primal than what we are they haven't got the cognition to then have the rationale and, and logic she's like my body is still going to respond how it knows to respond chemically and i was like that's so interesting and so what has happened with her soul retrieval is her recovery time so it could take her maybe three or four days to recover from an event that made her need to kind of react but um now now it can take her 10 minutes now even she can be like that yeah it needed to react because this thing was too close it's gone now let's carry on with our walk so for me that's profound like that's the difference and um, because i'm so removed now from this whole need of fixing things because from my perspective needing to fix something is very it's very distorted, right? It's still come a place of ego of, wow, we can fix something rather than from a soul perspective. Why am I having this experience? Why am I on this journey? Why is my dog, why is the dog that I'm coexisting with showing up in my life to also help me learn and develop, but also learn about myself? What, what triggers, what traumas, what wounds am I operating from? So often when we're in this, this mindset of fixing, it can be because it's like, wow, I, I'm, I actually need to fix myself, but that's too painful and too uncomfortable right now that I don't even look at that. So I'm going to look at that mirror, right? That reflection. I'm going to focus fixing on my dog because the reflection really is. I need to look at like 
not fixing because everything is perfect already like the way that everything is is yeah we can refine we can polish we can develop we can evolve we can expand but everything in this moment is already perfect anyway so stepping away from this condition of fixing things and looking at it as an experience rather than you know what the media tells us what adverts tell us what books may tell us of like oh your dog should not be doing that your dog should not be doing this or your dog should be doing this of oh, i can make my dog overcome and in certain situations of course that's true like you know if we've got a dog pulling like a steep train like that might not be so wise for the dog's body and our body but just in terms of how the dog is showing up like why is that a problem like our dogs are individuals they're not machines like i always laugh thinking like it's like the dogs read the manual right it's like oh yeah we've yeah we've read the dog manual about how we should be like boys have you seen this this is how we should be like it makes me laugh right because like everything like as a, as a conservation biologist i'm focused on biodiversity the variety of life and I'm like, our dogs come together as the variety of life. We come together as a variety of life so that we can all learn from all these different experiences rather than going, okay, my dog is doing this. Like with Tunka Sealer, I'm like, she is who she is. And that is a great learning journey for me. Why do I expect her to be anything else or anything different? Almost like, it's almost like having a manual for humans, right? To be a human, we all should like going to nightclubs, eating fish and going to bed at 10 p.m. Like, I don't like going to nightclubs. I do like eating fish. And actually, I love going to bed at 10 p.m. But that doesn't mean to say that's right for everybody else. Because, again, we show up as individuals, as the variety of life, having all these experiences coming together as a collective. So it's the same thing with our dogs. So, yeah, I've done I've done a fair few soul retrievals. And equally, sometimes where I, where I kind of was just like, oh, I wonder if a dog does need a soul retrieval here and the dog hasn't. Um, but at times where the dog has needed a soul retrieval from anything and everything from... Um, yeah, having a really traumatic experience, like a dog coming over from a different country, just transported over to England, that just being such a shocking experience for the dog, the dog needing a soul retrieval, the dog having birthing trauma, um, the dog having an operation, uh, the dog having, um, like having to separate from households. So again, it's such a huge eclectic mix, but that is specific to the dog's individual of what wants a soul retrieval and what doesn't so it's not to say like if your dog has had surgery your dog is going to need a soul retrieval if your dog um has if you've been in a divorce where and the the, the dog is now in a different home your dog is going to need a soul retrieval that's not true but in terms of yes do dogs need soul retrievals absolutely and one of the things that can make it more problematic actually or more of a challenge is if a dog has been neutered which you know most dogs are because the animal is not full anymore in terms of its its body, um, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes um, a full soul retrieval can't be done because the animal is not full in itself. Um, so I find that really interesting as well. Wow. A lot, a lot for me to think about. Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, no. I love this. I love, I, I, I love listening to you because it, it, every time I have a conversation with you and I've had quite a few now but every time you, you just give me a lot to think about and reflect about like how am i you know behaving right now am i conscious of my behavior am i self-aware do i realize what i'm doing is affecting my animal at the same time because a lot of the times you know um because i do rescue up you know cats dogs and you know most of the time we come across cases or you know people they tell me like oh you know i i don't want my dog anymore i i don't want this cat anymore and and i'll say you know why and it's like 
Oh, they be like, oh, you know, it's it's uh, especially for a dog. Oh, um, not behaving. It's not doing whatever I want. It's you know, it's uh, it's it's not eating its food. It's you know, it's basically they come up with a lot of excuses or it's um and and very emotional words that they use is like oh it hates me is is not respecting my commands you know it's not listening to me it, you know it's it's like literally you know like yeah. it's um humanizing them in in a, a mm. you know and sometimes i and when you say things like you know like we are dealing with our inner inner demons and then if we can't deal with it we are reflecting it on on our animals yeah. so whatever we are complaining about them is actually we're complaining about ourselves you know yeah you know you know i had um so one of my clients it's so look, i'll give you two examples actually so like one of my clients was like you know i love my dog but oh my god i got so impatient with him and i'm like hmm interesting what is it about yourself that you have impatience over like why do you get impatient with yourself and they're like what and i'm like it's true like let's just stop for a moment and i'm just generally going to ask yourself just an honest question like no judgment no criticism no blame just just the information let's just explore this but why do you have impatience about yourself and they're like oh or another client was like oh i just you know i know it can't really happen but i just i want my dog to be perfect and I'm like, okay, well, where does this striving for perfection come from? And describe to me what do you, what in your eyes is perfection? Like, where does that come from? And you know, you can, you can work it out that the dog is just reflecting actually what it is we need to heal from. So from that case of the perfection, it was like, you know, again, a childhood where mom and dad, it was like the typical um, Stepford Wives family of like the the perfect home, the perfect family, and the 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 conversation of like, oh, well you know, we want you to strive to be the best. We want you to win. We want you to come at the top all the time. And when you don't win and when you're not the best, then, you know, you should have tried harder. You should have tried harder. So they were literally living a life of have to be perfect. I have to be perfect. So they were trying to put that on their dog. And so like Hallie says, and I, I hope I say your name right, Hallie, um, but she's absolutely right. Like from a, it's always really funny, right? Because as a canine, as an intuitive canine wellness alchemist, which always just describes like what I am, even though that might cause confusion. Um, I, I can speak to you about animal, like dog communication, dog behavior, the physical parts of our dogs, the, the emotions, the dogs being an emotional being, and that's important to consider. But then from a spiritual soul perspective, we coexist with the dog that we do or the dogs that we do at this time for a soul journey where the dog shows up. And it's really interesting because when I do these soul sessions, although the dog's soul wants to sh share things about what it needs at this time, or even from a past life, or even when it wants to pass, time and time and time again the dog also wants to share something to its guardian and time and time and time again the collective message is all they want is for us to be happy and for us to heal because they're like we show up so that you can be happy and you can heal because once you're happy and once you heal then nothing actually matters and then the things that you're trying to obsess over about to micromanage for us doesn't matter anymore so it's like it's not that we don't care it's just that we care but from a different level of consciousness and so you're absolutely right like like Tunka Sila has taught me like and even in my own work now I I really operate from a place of non-judgment whatsoever and like even when I've tried even when I, I'm not really a judgmental person but actually looking back I still have had judgment now I'm like that I I really try like it's very rare for me to judge and when it comes it's really fleeting and it's very much like a like oh my god why are they wearing those trainers and then I catch it and I take it back I'm like taking it back taking it back and throwing it to the ground but um our dogs literally from a soul perspective they they need soul work they are soul malnourished they can be soul dampened 
Um, so they do need to still work themselves. But then equally, there's always a conversation like, I did a soul session for a dog yesterday and whilst he needed help himself and support, again, it then went back to, it then went to the guardian of like, this is the message that I have for the guardian. Like, why doesn't she laugh anymore? Why is she so focused of rummaging through these things, trying to find the next thing that's going to fix me when it's like, that's not necessary. Like she's getting, like, it's like she's distracting herself from, from going within and healing from within. So this is beautiful, beautiful soul message of why our animals show up. And, and even from a shelter perspective, right? Like I've worked in rescue and I, I know there is so much suffering in 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 and one of the groups that i hold like sometimes i can connect to what's called what i refer to as the collective conscious of canines where i just kind of like it's almost like as a as a holding um i'm i'm speaking to yeah the collective conscious of canines and they'll just they'll just send information to me it doesn't happen all the time but someone asked a question to them of like um you know how do you feel about all this suffering that we place on dogs and as well as other animals but the question was about dogs and the, the message that came through was just, again, from a, just a place of non-judgment ego because the soul doesn't exist from that place. And they were just simply like, do you know what? Suffering is a vibration. Suffering is Suffering exists. So whilst it exists, individuals of every species that are on this earth have to have to go through suffering to feel it because it's something that is a, a real. It's something that is a consciousness and an intelligence. So it's almost like it gets passed around. So until we kind of, until kind of, the vibration of suffering just dissolves and is no more species like individuals of every species has to also feel that to, to know what it's like as the collective and there's also and you know i really don't mean this in an insensitive way whatsoever it's just a sharing that i've received for myself is because because our dogs like we are we are simply a soul in a human body right now our dogs are a soul in a canine body so we have been many things we will be many things so will our dogs they also come for a soul purpose, a soul experience to have the experience that they're having. So even when we're on this path of like, okay, I understand that I'm a soul, I'm still kind of feeling into what this actually is and how I explore life from this way, we can understand that a little bit more for ourselves, but we still kind of forget that everything that is alive also is a soul, or should I say is a soul. So our dogs as a soul have already agreed or also agreed to have the experience that they're having. And again, I don't mean it in an insensitive way or like, oh, let's just forget about it then. It's, it's because it's teaching for us. Like as humans, we literally are light bearers are light beings that can make a difference we are here to make that difference but the dog the the soul comes in as that dog uh to help us teach to, to to help us grow to help us learn and to dissolve these kind of more dense dense vibrations but at the same time the soul has agreed to come into that body whether it's a dog a horse a cat or whatever to also have that experience as well um even when they're having kind of suffering or or certain certain um experiences that maybe we can't comprehend from the mind but the soul can comprehend to go hey this is this is what i also agree to as well and um, so even if we are in a situation you know that i've racked myself with guilt the number of times i know i was in an abusive marriage and tunka Sila was abused as well she had physical trauma she was hit and i'm like wow i can't like what type of person am i to put my dog in that situation and, and i've had to do a lot of work around that and um, but now because of where I am at in my life and that place of non-judgment, I understand that it was an experience that we were supposed to go through and equally it was an experience that her soul agreed to go through with me. And um, yes, I say I don't mean it in like an insensitive way, but just getting people to open up to the soul journeys and the soul paths that we are on ourselves, but also with all the things that come into our life. 
um, with that really big understanding and, and teaching from dogs if they want us to be happy and they want us to they want us to heal. Uh, yeah, I, you know, my biggest problem, I'm a judgmental bitch. I think, you know, like, like definitely I, I am so judgy and I have, I think you were talking about the biggest ego and I'm still working on myself big time because, you know, I am trying to be more self-aware in terms of not being that judgy or bitchy as I call it, um, you know, and critical because I, you know, um, yeah, I've got so much like shadow work to do with myself right yeah. now. Yeah. And I think the hardest part is being able to forgive myself, you know, for a lot of things. And, and sometimes I, I feel so bad about putting my dog through all this crap with me because, you know, she is a sensitive dog as well. Most of the time, I think she's okay, but she is sensitive and reactive to certain things because she was a rescue and she had um, a kind of a, a tough beginning when I, when I got her, you know. So it's like I try to catch myself not losing my temper with her you know, because sometimes she, you know, she's she's barking at something, and I can't fucking, you know, I'm I'm op I open my door and I can't, I put my head out of my flat and I can't see fucking shit. And I was like, why, why are you, you know, doing that? You know, can't you just shut up? You know, um, and I, you know, and I just sometimes think like, oh man, you know, you know, like oh, Amaris, there you go again, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I'm just losing my temper. And I think, you know, and it's not so much her, it's, it's because at that moment in time, I'm doing something that, you know, I'm being frustrated about or, you know, and I'm just taking it, I'm literally taking it out on her, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I absolutely, it's that, it's again, it's just, she's showing up exactly to show you what it is to, to heal from. And so again, where it's like, wow, I am again there's this beautiful phrase right of like as within so without as above so below but nothing else it's almost like when we when we live from inside out so we're like wow okay i'm i'm literally existing exploring life from within so inside out then um like i talked about within sacred creator it's because like we are our sacred hoop is strong um and we're living from heart consciousness we're literally being led by our heart our heart as our advisor our heart as our counsel and, but when we are led from outside in, then that's when we live kind of like from fear and these survival strategies and, and the shadow work, which again is like a spiral journey. Um, but again, it's always a reflection. So when when we are being, um, when we're judging somebody or um, someone is making us feel angry and so we're like, oh, I'm just really angry with them or I'm frustrated with them. It's the reflection of, again, what is it about ourselves that we're frustrated about? What is it about ourselves that we are, we are still holding judgment over? And so again, everything becomes a reflection. And so like when she's like, when she's barking or you're like, oh, just shut up, I'm getting so cross with you. It's again, well, why do you hold that about yourself? And that is again, I really, I mean, this is deep, deep work. I'm not kind of brushing under the carpet and I'm not kind of dismiss it because it, it's, it's, it's a lifelong journey and sometimes you know, some of the stuff that I've had to, to go through to overcome with, with my shadow work, my survival strategies have been deep, has been, oh, it's, it's, that's why I know it's hard work. Everything that I talk about is because I've, I've done it myself and I continue to do it myself. And that's the beauty of it. But then equally, your dog 
has also agreed from a soul perspective to be with you at this time to, to, to be in this situation with you as well. So again, that's why we can feel really guilty often about like, oh my God, I have to shout at my dog again. Or like, oh, I, I realize now that I've kind of got this work to do on myself. Like, oh, what am I putting my poor dog through? And again, it, we don't judge ourselves. We, we send it love, we smile, we, we recognize that as a victory. But um, again, through our, so that we can learn, so that we can know better and be better and kind of, yes, yeah, start to come from this place of our heart as our advisor. But knowing that our dog as a soul has also agreed to coexist with us at this time, to be part of that healing journey with us. And that's why, yeah, from a from a physical perspective, there's all these things that we can look at to go, okay, how do we understand dog body language, dog communication? How do we feed our dog correctly? How do I support my dog that maybe is scared or anxious or fearful and all those things are right? But from a soul perspective, it's like, wow. And how incredible is my dog to literally show up as teacher, as elder, as sage, to be part of my healing journey, to be here, to stand with me and support me, to go, sweetheart, this, this is also why I'm here, because this is what you need to heal from. Um, and that's what I find so profound and, and, and so beautiful from that soul perspective of like, literally, it's almost like, and and yet again, they sacrifice themselves. I mean, in that sense, they don't, because they will have been many things, they will be many things, and their soul has agreed to it, but it's just like, ha, huh. and again, they show up so beautifully that, as a, as, a, as a message, as a teacher, as a reflection, um, as medicine, right? Of, okay, what what is there still to still for, for, for us to explore? And that's why I get, and I say like non-human animals, non-human animals, they don't have belief systems. They don't have self-limiting doubts. In terms of the soul, no matter whether we're a human or a dog or whatever body we're in, the soul exists from non-judgment and non-ego. The soul doesn't even comprehend what ego and judgment is non-human animals do not exist from judgment or ego and that's why they're just so beautifully sure to go hey do you know what don't worry about it it's fine you've had a bad day today it's all right it wasn't as bad as what it was last year it wasn't as bad as what it was three years ago it's all right just keep going just keep going and the victory is even if we have like oh i have to shout at my dog um the victory is when we recognize it that's the victory. We've recognized it and gone, oh, okay, yeah, I'm still in it. There's there's, there's some work to be done there. And that work, as I say, it's it's not easy. It's really, some some things can be easy, but some of the, some of the work, some of the wounds that we have, like we, we kind of do, I mean, that's the reality. Like, otherwise we just get stuck and trapped in this cycle of like, oh, why, why is my life like this? Why do I feel this way? But the reality is some of those wounds that we have to hand over and kind of put to the earth, just hand out and kind of say like, come out of me. Uh, it's hard because equally again, it, it, it makes us feel vulnerable and our ego is so good. Our ego is so good at keeping us trapped. Our ego is so good at going, oh, but if you do that, what if? <gasps> but if you do that, people might laugh at you. <gasps> but what will other people think? And so it's you, you slip, right? You slip into that. Do you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'm just I'm just going to stay over here because it's, it's much safer. But the only thing that we can do is to blast through it, to blast through it, to blast through it, is to feel that fear and to just step into every anyway. Like a lot of the stuff that I do, I do because I'm actually shit scared. My fear tells me, like my ego tells me, oh, that's a really bad thing. People are going to mock you. It's going to go really, really wrong. Like you're going to be hated upon. And I'm like, okay, thanks, ego. Like right now, I don't have any, any evidence for that whatsoever. So I'm just going to step into the fear and see what happens. And if it goes really bad, then I'll just laugh. So I'm constantly proving my ego wrong. And the more and the more and the more that we do this, the more and more and more that we trust. And therefore, the more and more and more we become 
authentic but reality is of becoming authentic it means we have to be transparent and also vulnerable and they're two things that the ego doesn't like because it's like oh but if you're transparent and vulnerable that means that you're exposed and oh what happens and mm. um, and that's why this is beautiful you know i love this saying by einstein which is and again it's quite an it's an indigenous kind of reality as well of um the intuitive mind the intuitive mind is a um a, a, a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant but we have chosen a society that that lives by that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift and so my passion and my desire my drive is to show people and support people and going back to living from the intuitive mind which indigenous communities native peoples know where to live from or certain like your traditional traditional because i know a lot of native communities um have have got a lot of trauma now from things that they've been persecuted in um it's not that they're immune to the ego they just have such a knowing of of a trick it's called the trickster right they have such a knowing of how quick it is for the ego to go oh, and they're again telling you that don't do this don't do that that they do so much work around the intuitive mind to make it strong to make it strong to make it strong to go hang on is this am i thinking this or am i feeling this hang on is this is this from fear like am i telling myself not to do this from fear or because it's sensible no no it's from fear it's from ego it's from a survival strategy okay i recognize now that that's medicine the the biggest the thing that creates the biggest resistance actually gets to be our strongest medicine um the tricky part is is having the trust to go i'm going to step into it but once we do it and we do it over and over and over again we just get to go ah oh, okay here's another challenge i now recognize it as a challenge i now have so much trust that phew, let's go into it to know like whilst i'm in it it's going to be icky and sticky and uh, but i know that on the other side it's going to be more medicine it's going to be more beautiful it's going to bring me more back into my soul and give me more clarity that's what i'm searching for you know you have a, a really beautiful relationship with tonka Sila, um your dog um how, how long have you had her how old is she now oh man so she's 13 and a half and i've had her since she was eight weeks wow okay yeah. so she she has really like journeyed with you for, mm -hmm. for a very important part of your life actually um yeah. can you for 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 our listeners here who don't know you know um how would you describe your relationship with tonka you know, in the beginning, you said you were in an abusive relationship, marriage. It was a very dark time. And you've journeyed mm. with her to where you are today. And it's a two-way street. If based on, you know, what, what you're sharing is that, you know, you're doing a lot of work on yourself and she's teaching you. But at the same time, she's also on her own journey through all that. You know, could you yeah. sort of share you know, the progression and, you know, how is she now? Because uh, if I'm not wrong, she she's also going through some physical ailments at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a, I love that question. I'm really pleased you've asked that. And, and and it's really interesting as well, because it's almost like I know, and I don't mean this in like, I've just shared, like I live from non-judgment, so I don't mean this in a like um, big-headed way, but I just know there's going to be a point in my life where I kind of have an even deeper kind of spiritual upgrade and that's going to be the time that she leaves this earth. Like, I, I just know that. And again, it's not like a, oh, I have proof to show you. I'm just like, I know. Um, but then I know when that happens, she's literally going to become one of my soul family, my soul teams. So like, I get people to understand, like, we have friends and family that we will go to to go, guys, I'm 
I'm a little lost or I don't know what to do. I just need some advice. Like we get to do that with our power animals, our spirit guides, our ancestors, our spirit allies. She will literally become part of my soul team that she'll be stood behind me when I get to do these soul sessions. So I know that is kind of coming. I just don't know when, but it's, uh, yeah, it's coming. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, and again, not from a place of, of the victim or people going, oh no, Ali, you can't say that. But I literally, I, I placed myself in that abusive marriage before I was in an abusive marriage. And like I had three years on my own, but before that I, I was in an abusive relationship and I created those. And I created those because at that moment in my life, I didn't feel I was deserving of anything. I wasn't deserving to be successful. I wasn't deserving of love. I wasn't deserving of being light. I wasn't deserving of anything. Like that was, again, from my childhood experiences of an, actually of transgenerational trauma of my 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 mum being born into trauma and therefore how my mum lived her life, that passing on to me, my sister. Um, so from a place of just trauma as a child as a child and then other things as a result of that have happened early on in my childhood it's just like I'm not deserving of anything so because that's what I believed right that's what I created I found people that said they loved me but actually what they showed me was anything but love and um, they showed me punishment and abuse but again my ego would tell me that see there you go you're undeserving of love and there's somebody that's proving it to you so that's kind of where I was and and yeah I placed Tunkasila in that situation that again from a soul perspective she already agreed to be a part of when she was right tongues she was a little puppy so we've been we have been on that journey we've been on that journey when again we were on our own for a while then i was in this abusive marriage and again she was she was punished she was physically hurt she was um punished um and again i didn't i wasn't strong enough i didn't have the strength to be like do you know what you you don't do this to me you don't do this to my dog or you don't do this to my dog you don't do this to me um and then it was that day it was literally that day when i'm like wow i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna end my life but because she's she is so reactive i was like nobody like nobody would would tolerate that she would she could she wouldn't go to a rescue center and they'd be like well she she would bite so obviously in in most rescue centers it is like well if the dog's got is a biter then um you know we can't we can't the dog be rehomed so she literally her sole quest at that point was to save my life which is exactly what she did and then now because i'm you know deep on this spiritual journey we have these beautiful conversations so i do i try i actually i try and do every saturday morning a, a talk it's called a tunkasila soul session a tunkasila soul share where i literally just connect with her and i just she just speaks to me what she wants to share about whatever but i i'm so busy right now with work i haven't been able to do that but we do little ones together where we just have a conversation we simply just go okay yeah we do baby don't we um you know how how are you what do you want to share um and it really now that i'm on this place of just like wow i i'm still well I, I still recognize when triggers show up but because i'm in such a different place myself of working through my wounds and as i say i've been doing this for nine years and i continue to do it i'm and i am very dedicated like i do this this is my medicine room i'm very strict in doing it not an obsessive strictness but it's so important to me because of the work that i do and the work that i do for myself i do a practice and she pretty much joins me every morning when i do this practice um so it's almost just like when she does something, I'm like, yeah, and it doesn't matter. I mean, not from a careless place or like, I'm not going to, she's like very rarely off lead, for example. I'm not going to allow her to react and bite a dog or anything like that. But from that perspective of like, you know what? Someone's coming. She's probably going to react. I can just put some distance in. Oh, she didn't actually react or she did react, but it's okay. So I'm just so chilled and relaxed and not really like 
she needs to express how she needs to express because I understand her and I see her now very differently. It's like I see beyond the physical dog that she is and I see it all that she comes to me in my dream time. She speaks to me. I do healing on her. She does healing on me. She brings metaphors. She brings teaching. Um, and we have just to like, yes, yeah, sweetheart, do you know what? If the postman's coming and you need to bark, then you need to do what it is you need to do because you are also in a body that's having these experiences. So now we're on this kind of soul journey together where sometimes if I'm doing a soul session for a dog, she'll come and advise me about what the dog needs or she'll just be with me or sometimes in soul sessions for dogs where I've worked with a dog, like the souls come through, but there's there's almost, it hasn't happened very, very often, but where the soul almost has been a little bit hesitant, that she'll literally come in and so she'll just, she'll show the dog like, no, it's okay. And this means like, the dog is in a different place. The dog isn't physically here, but I'm just bringing the dog's soul into my medicine room. And uh, so she'll then come in and just kind of say to the dog, no, look, it's okay. Like I'm here. Um, and so, yeah, we're now on this just beautiful soul journey where I can check in on her physically. So yeah, she has got, I mean, she had cancer, um, which apparently was an, the type of cancer it was is an aggressive form of cancer. But at the moment, like there's no sign of it. So we think we've got it all, which is really, really good. Um, but her physical body, yeah, her physical body is, is really slowing down um so she some days struggles to walk other days like today's a bit of a better day isn't it tongues but particular time of year in the uk it's like we're in where we live it's like minus two right now um and so yeah her physical body is failing but again we can go down the route of like oh, i feel sorry for her what does my dog need oh my goodness is she in pain and and although there's discomfort there isn't pain because our dogs as an animal they don't have the emotional attachment in the way that we do but also her soul is really strong she's like do you know what yeah my my physical body is failing but my soul is really strong my soul can still go wherever my soul can still let you know how it is my soul can let you uh, know what it is i want to experience and um yeah and so now on this beautiful beautiful soul journey together but i just know like and there is that this spiritual upgrade almost like that's that's when she's gonna go yeah and uh that that's that's what i was here to do this is this is for how long I was supposed to support you for until you got to here. And now that you're here, I'm off to kind of be to join your kind of invisible team. And that's the beauty. There's um, this is principle called a psychopomp, which literally translates to spirit assist. So, um, for example, where an animal dies, so when an animal passes or when a human passes, we can do what's called a psychopomp, where we kind of go into an altered state of consciousness. We connect to the soul of that being and just we, we assist them. We help them to kind of pass and go to the land land of spirit, land of ancestors, land of dead, whatever we want to call it. Um, but dogs actually show up as a physical metaphor of a psychopomp. They will often, like we've talked about in terms of reflection and mirroring, they will carry things for us that we're not ready to see. Um, but they'll also um, yeah, be that metaphorical message of a psychopomp when they go, do you know what? And it's almost like my job here is done. Like I've traveled with you up into a point that I was supposed to. You've reached that... Um, that climax almost of where you're supposed to be my job here is done i'll see you on the other side um so this is beautiful and this is what i find fascinating of just actually looking at where somebody is in their life and when and um and and when when the dog passes like what is what happens when the dog passes is where the person that is in their life because there's always something not always sorry but it's really interesting that often from my experience there's always something quite interesting or profound of like this happens when a person's reached here or a person's reached here or a person's overcome this. Um, 
yeah, so we're on this very different journey of, again, I was in a place of judgment and, and, and also, you know, I took one of the things that happened, I'll tell you, when, when Tunka Cedar was very young and I took her to, you know, dog training classes, something never quite sat right with me where the dog trainer that I had, he said, like, he was getting us to um, teach our dogs to have um, a down and stay. No, sorry. Yeah, a down and stay, but we had to leave the room. So he's like, right, you need to put your dogs in a down and a stay. And you're going to leave the room for five minutes. We said, you're going to leave the room and then I'll call you back. And I, you know, we expect the dogs to just wait. And I said to him, I was like that, but what is my dog feeling? Like, what's that saying to my dog? If like, she's in a down and stay and I'm to leave the room, like, how is that affecting her? And he was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, I just want to know, like, literally, how is she feeling? How is it affecting her? Um, like, if, if, if I'm just saying like, you need to wait there and I'm going to leave, like, how's that going to make her feel? And he was like that doesn't matter doesn't doesn't matter just make her do it like it doesn't it doesn't matter and i'm like but it but surely it matters like i want to know how she's feeling right i want to know how this is affecting her like is she going to feel vulnerable does she not really care is she apprehensive and is she frightened and he was like it doesn't matter to do it and i was like no no this this doesn't make any sense to me so i kind of left and, and didn't go back um so yeah we kind of have been on that journey of like oh people are telling me um this is what this is what a dog should be doing and again i'm like it doesn't make sense because as a human like i know how restrictive it is if i'm told what to do when i need to express myself in the way that feels right not from a place of being selfish or mean or unkind but my dog also has a voice my dog also has a need to express themselves otherwise i'm creating like almost pressure right where they're just going to explode and blow and um, but yeah we've been on that journey and now we're on this really deep spiritual journey where like on again on the morning she always asks to come in the medicine room and i do my practice um and then i will connect with her to see how she is or we do this longer soul session um yeah and i just see i literally just i, I always i say to her like i see you and it means i see her before beyond be the physical that she is i see her as this this soul that she is and her soul is just this wilder i mean she's just like this old ancient wise grandmother this old 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 grandmother before there was any traumas or survival strategies or like she just she just knew how to be with the land and knew how to honor herself and knew how to honor all of life and be with all of life and that's really the messages that she brings which is which is now just so beautiful to see. And it's like, that's what I want every dog guardian to see in themselves, but also in their own dogs as well. You know, you mentioned your sacred creator. Um, you know, does, you know, is there a prerequisite or, you know, kind of person that should join, um, you know, your course or I don't uh, know? do you know um it's really funny so i because i'm just i'm so full of trust that i'm just like somebody so a client might say to me i'm so so sorry like can we reschedule like something's come up and i'm like do you know what it's perfect timing everything is always perfect timing whether we understand why it is or not everything is perfect timing so with creator it's almost like i trust that the people that are supposed to be in that circle mm. are the people that's supposed to be in it they've already they've already had a soul agreement right their soul has already agreed like way way even before they maybe arrived on this earth to go Mm. and on this date at this time i'm going to be part of sacred creator so i already trust like whoever's supposed to be part of it is supposed to be part of it because as a guide like i am there to hold the space and to bring the teachings but i also know that everybody that's part of it brings their own medicine and that's why i love doing group work because we we kind of potentize we alchemize uh, this stronger holding as we all kind of come to bring our own medicine even it could be like people in the group that don't really see eye to eye 
because they're triggers for each other. So we get to go, okay, how are you two being the medicine for each other? So that's the beauty of it. So there's no prerequisite. The only thing I say is like, I will normally offer for people to have an exploration call with me just so I can feel more into them. They can feel more into me because sometimes I'm just the catalyst of their spiritual journeys like we have this exploration call and they go wow sacred creator sounds amazing but not at this time or this maybe I, I don't really like your style or and again i don't take anything personally like if if you have like a spiritual coach that takes things personally then they shouldn't be your coach um so i don't really take things personally because i trust from a spiritual perspective like we've had this call because something bigger and something profound is going to happen whether it is they become part of sacred creator or i'm just there as the catalyst that puts them on their spiritual journey to then find this person or to go off over here. So we do also have the exploration call, or that's an offer. And and then, yeah, there's, there is that honest share of going, do you know what? It's, sometimes it's going to be fun. Sometimes it's going to be confusing. Sometimes it's going to be shit. Sometimes it's going to be painful. But that's the whole point. If you were just like, oh, Sacred Create was really easy, then I haven't really done my job because that's the whole point of as we kind of work within and do this inner work, there are going to be times where it's like, oh my God, this is taking me back to when I was a kid and this teacher said this at school or my parents said this or I was like, I've just had a massive realisation and oh, I could just, I just feel so bad about it or so angry or like that's where it isn't always easy. But then that's the whole point. This work isn't easy because if it was, then everyone would be doing it. Um, so yeah, there's no like you should be at this level or you need to do this or you need to do that because it's like, hey, wherever you are at is perfect. Like, because there's no judgment wherever you at and if you if sick creator speaks to you and you're in it then you were always going to be in it anyway um so that's the only thing i would say about sacred creator yeah because like say like for me because i can't i don't know i'm not one of those um i you know we talk about guides and stuff and i i i trust the universe i talk to the universe but do i hear the universe is something that I haven't experienced in that, you know, like, you know, saying the way they talk to you, your guides talk to you. Yeah. You know, I don't hear that voice or, or whatever. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm still a skeptic in, in, in many ways, you know, on a journey fumbling around in the, in the dark, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go down the canoe and follow the flow. You know, that's what's happening with me. You know, so I, I just wonder, it's like, do you think a person like me would, would, I don't know, benefit or I don't know, would I be a fit? I have no idea. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, this is the thing, right? I mean, I know that you come to, to or you've been to my journey groups on a Wednesday night, right? And it's almost like I say, look, this is not special. Like it is, I mean, it's special, it's sacred, it's profound, it's amazing. So in one way it's special, but I'm not, well, because I'm not special. I am special because we're all special. But if I can do it, everyone can do it. That's the whole point because we are a soul. We are literally a fragmentation of spirit, of source, of whatever we want to call it, whatever name we want to give it. We're just like a fragmentation of that, having this experience. Um, and, the, you know, there was a time, okay, like I knew I was connected to the stones. I was connected to the trees. I was connected to all of animals. I knew that I could receive information, but I never did because again, I was just like, I know that I can, but like maybe another time when like, you know, primitive Isla thousands of years ago, maybe future Isla millions of years in the future, but like not now, but you know, it's just something nice to just to know, even though it's not going to happen. But now that it happens, I'm like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And there is an element again with the, with the psyche, with the shadow and the ego, if, um, 
like well spirit will speak to us in many different ways so i always say pay attention so like i am so grateful that the more that i've explored this that when i'm doing a soul session like i will literally get like i will receive words I'll also receive a symbol. I'll also receive imagery. I'll also receive metaphors. Mm. I'll also sometimes receive smell and taste. So I, I am so grateful mm. that I kind of get to receive in different ways. But it doesn't mean to say that you don't hear anything. It doesn't mean to say that you're not receiving because you might, some people feel like some people just see in color. Some people feel, some people it might be, oh, I just, I wasn't quite sure what direction to go here. And then as you're contemplating that, the sun may come from behind the cloud, but you're just at the moment oblivious to it. So that's why one of the old teachings is pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, be present all the time. Because whenever it's like, oh, isn't that, it's, oh, isn't that funny that this thing just happened? No, it's not funny. It's not coincidence. It's synchronicity. Um, so spirit is always talking to us. Just often we're like, la, 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 and shut off from it. But as we just, you know, there's people in my journeying group that, feel relaxed they feel different when they come onto the journey group when they do the journey but they say that they don't feel anything they don't receive anything practice and perseverance practice and perseverance you eventually will and then what will happen is it's almost like sometimes if our if our survival strategy is that strong we may go to sleep and we may relax but we don't truly get into an altered state of consciousness because our ego is still holding on and stopping us from doing that. Because when we go into an altered state of consciousness, it's poof, I'm fully exposed and fully vulnerable because I'm in an altered state of consciousness and the ego is, oh, 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 anything can happen. No, like someone might come and get you or anything. No, 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 we're not going to do that. So your psyche might still be protecting you. So for me, it's like, it's like going to the gym, right? If I just go to the gym once a month, like how do I expect to develop anything? Cause I'm just going to the gym once a month. Um, so, so some people come to journeying group like once in a blue moon. I don't get anything. You're kind of not going to, but like practice and perseverance and trust. Practice, perseverance and trust. And eventually it's just like, oh, I just saw like, I think I just saw a mane or I just saw something black and white or I just, something was here just sniffing right next to me. Or I just saw an animal or I saw one of my guides. Um, but yeah, pra practice and perseverance and trust, and, and it will happen for for many in, in Western society. Again, like you said, about like you're still kind of working on unfucking your mind, and there's like this skepticism and 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 the, the, the distrust and the, and the judgment. Um, they'll kind of like the be this this, this the shadow, right? The block. But again, it's from we don't hate. I always say like we don't hate the ego, we don't hate the survival strategy, we don't hate the the wounds or the shadows because they were created from a place of love to keep us safe. Um, but what we don't do is we don't feed them. So it's like, I love my ego. I laugh at my ego, how hilarious it is. I'm like, if you heard yourself, our babs, how hilarious you've been right now. Um, but I don't feed her anymore. Whereas like, if we're so used to feeding it, it just builds up such a wall that it might be, okay, we're going on a journey and okay, I'm relaxing to the drum and I, okay, I can see myself going down. If we're going to our power animals or going up, we're going to our spirit guides. But uh oh, I'm, I am not putting you in an altered state of consciousness. Um, but there will be a point where we will just fall into that trust and we will go deep. And it's like, oh, I just had the most amazing experience. What can happen? So I know there's some of my clients that that happens, that then happens to them through journey. And they're like, oh, Isla, it happened, it happened, I had the most, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I can't wait for next week. But the challenge then becomes because they then got the taste of that experience, they then get stuck in their mind because they want it again. And so then they can't go into the altered state of consciousness because they're like, I, I went, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. It doesn't come from a place of want, it comes from a place of trust. Uh, the bloody mind, isn't it? <laughs> it's the honestly, that's why it's called a trickster. Literally, because the uh, the mind, the ego, will blindside you all the time. It doesn't. It doesn't come like it's not like hi, hi, I'm here. Because we can see it. Then it's just like 
I'll just I'll just kind of creep in here and then poof, give you a big slap when you weren't not when you're not noticing and and that's why again like um, native peoples are not immune to the to the ego into this you know the rational mind or the brain mind as they call it they are so aware of how how quick it is to kind of take hold and grow and consume us which is why they do so much work around the heart around the intuitive mind around heart consciousness of building that up building that up of like wow i go to my heart as counsel i go to my heart as advisor i go to my soul um for for guidance and so they do a lot of work around that so they their soul and this this sacred hoop around them is so strong that it becomes a strong ally rather than a lot of us we use we we rely on our ego as our ally but it's it's full of distortion it's full of things that are not true or will tell us that's going to happen which we actually have no evidence of but when we do this soul work what happens is it go like the mind can't comprehend it like it blows the mind because the literally goes beyond what the mind can comprehend and that's when we can start to feel confused because the ego's like hang on a minute like that doesn't make any sense because the mind is very reductionist and rational that's why it's called the rational mind whereas the soul is free and expansive and communicates in all manner of different ways um like to, to give us messages um and it blows the mind and so then when we get when we when we've been caught in this living from the ease long it just feels it's really really hard to kind of um it's almost like a dimmer switch right it's really hard to turn that ego down and um, which is why again it goes back to practice we practice and practice and practice and practice and you know it's really funny because sometimes people say to me like oh isla what are you thinking i'm like oh i wasn't thinking anything actually i was just i was just nothingness i was just in this space and it's really interesting because some of my some of the people in my sacred creator group because I just started Sacred Creator again this year um, in October. Now that they're going through the process themselves, like their friends or colleagues are going saying to them, like literally like, are you okay today? And they're like, I'm fine. Why? I don't know. You just seem a bit flat. And I'm like, it's not flat. It's like, that's not what they're seeing. What they're actually seeing is your true self. And what they have, what they've been so used to seeing is kind of like your survival strategy of like, oh, you're normally quite stressed or aggressive or reactive. But now that's starting to fall away. What they're actually seeing is like, your true you which is just like this is me i'm full of okay i'm understanding trusting non-judgment reflection okay trigger i recognize a trigger how do i i release this and it becomes just like how other how people then start to notice but again like i said before because we are core we are the core as we do as we do this work for ourselves and then it gives permission for somebody else to do it for themselves too that's the beauty of it yeah the, yeah you can do it my friend you can so do it Ah, <laughs> uh, I hope so. I'm working on myself really, really hard. But sometimes I yeah, you I, are. I put, you are. I think, but sometimes I think I put too much. Again, it's the mind and the expectation, you know. So it's like, it's like that struggle where you know, like I have to sometimes stop trying to put that imaginary pressure on me to, mm-hmm. you know, unfuck myself at the same time. It's it's like <laughs> a catch twenty two kind of thing, you know. It's like yeah. you wanna be zen, but then you know you're you're trying too hard to be zen. And it sort of backfires sometimes. Yeah, of course, because it absolutely. I mean, yeah, this is like there's no instruction manual. There's it's it's definitely not. I would say like yeah, are you like again. I agree. I'll give someone an instruction, and you can see them like that, and I'm like, okay, like we're feeling this, not thinking. It. Stop, stop thinking it, and start feeling it. So that's the difference. We're like, oh, I'm I'm thinking like no, no, don't think it, like feel it. And I remember, you know, one of my coaches, because the same thing happened to me. I'll say everything that I do and that I teach. It's because I've done it and I continue to do it. But one of my coaches once asked me something and uh, he said to me, like, oh, you know, how do you feel about that? And I was like, oh, 
And he was like, Isla, I asked you how you feel about it. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm thinking. And he's like, exactly. I'm not asking you to think it, I'm asking you to feel it. I'm like that. Oh, yeah. And so again, it's just, it's 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 yeah. almost like, it's rewiring. It totally yeah. is just uncoupling and rewiring. You're literally in this work, the survival strategy that we create with the ego. And, and again, it's like the survival strategy. Like, oh, I have to like, I'm kind of overthinking it because of the what you have created as a survival strategy from from your life like i know you shared and um, before we kind of jumped on properly um that's created like this this neural network this system the cells that wire together fire together right um or cells that fire together wire together and it's the same thing now what we're doing is we're uncoupling all of this and creating new neural networks that speak from the heart and that's why you know if we've been carrying a survival strategy around for 50 years 60 years 30 years it's yeah. not going to go overnight. Yeah. It's like, wow, I've, I've literally got this this network system that I've built for 30 years and I'm just going to demolish it. So slowly but surely, but slowly but surely. Oh, I've, yeah, got, so I've got like practice. 47 years of, of, of rewiring to do, okay? You know, it's, it's but like... It's not gonna, but it, it's not going to take 47 <laughs> years to put it back. It's, uh, once you, it's like, you know what it is? It's like you're pushing the... Oh, to begin with, like I'm pushing this giant rock, like oh my god, it's so hard to move. But then once it starts to move, it's like whoa, okay, this is this is really falling now. Um, yeah. that's that. Yeah. It, that's the beauty of it. So I, I, think, I just trust I, that yeah, we can all do it. Yeah, but we've I, got to get past the fear. That's the biggest thing. If we're if we're really if that fear consumes, um, that that's I mean that's the ego. That's the survival strategy. Again, we're not judging of it. We're not critical of it. It it, it was built for a reason, for a purpose to keep us safe. But if we can't step past that fear and then we, we that's what keeps us trapped. Yeah. So it yeah. becomes there's this beautiful saying of like we become both the captor and the captive or we become both the jailed and jailer. That's exactly what we are when we're just operating from the brain mind, from the ego. Yeah, I, I think I spent all my years in a brain fog. And then when I was trying to use my brain, uh, especially during my dark times, was survival instinct and thinking and you know trying to like work through my head so it's like all these years i've always relied on thinking and you know planning and again overthinking you know it's like playing chess you know i play chess and and, and strategy and, and stuff like that you know like thrillers yes, and yes. mysteries that's that that's the kind of stuff that that i like so it's like my brain is always 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 thinking and talking and talking and talking and you know, the last two years, especially thanks to COVID, I started to practice meditation, you know, and I'm not perfect at meditation, but it's helping me to, you know, like still my mind a lot more. It's, mm. it's not just still my mind, but helping to be more aware of what's going in that chatter in my head. Yes. Yes. You know, a lot of people think yeah. meditation is when it's supposed to be quiet, but actually it's not. It's just being more self-aware of you know, like what's floating in your head and then you just acknowledge it and just let it float on, you know, and yeah. So Yeah, it's you know, it's it's it is this um this is beautiful um uh saying by the Toltec called Matoti and Matoti translates to like a thousand voices in the marketplace and that's how the Toltecs see like a lot of westerners or humans in terms of like the, the amount of thoughts that we have imagine going to like a busy marketplace where everyone's like that pairs for a pound pairs for a pound strawberries for 50 pa- da, 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 like fish fish who wants the fish it's just so loud and so busy in this market that's what our our brain can be like and again because like you've shared when we are in a survival strategy we cannot be we, we can't create because when we're in the survival strategy 
we're, we're literally telling our body like we're being chased by a lion even if we're just thinking about like oh, should i send that email or not well let me think of all the things that may possibly happen if i send that email what somebody might say how it might go but because it keeps us in a survival strategy through stress, we're literally saying to our mind, our body, our psyche, like, oh, lion, we're being chased by a lion, we're being chased by a lion. And so the only way we can be creators, which is what we are and we should be doing, is when we're in present moment of like, do you know what? I don't know, like, this challenge has arrived or this is, this is happening. I kind of don't know what's going to happen, but I also know from a place of trust. But if we're stuck in like, mm, what the... The last time I sent an email like this, this is what happened. And then maybe it's going to go to this person and then these people are going to bully me or these people are going to laugh at me. When, when we're focusing on something happened in the past or we're kind of predicting what's going to happen in the future, not from like a, a prediction, like what's going to happen, like not maybe not like a prediction of a psychic perspective, but just like worrying perspective, like, oh, I wonder if this happens or this happens. Then we're stuck in the survival strategy, right? So we, we then can't connect to soul. We then can't connect to our kind of spirit team or the the invisible realm that we are also part of because right now right then that moment we're stuck in the survival strategy so we're kind of not in the moment and um, so that's why with meditation like a lot of people are like oh i just i can't really meditate so well because like just i can't switch off that is really useful information for me because yeah it's almost like coming into as i say coming into that oneness when people say to me oh what is it you're thinking i'm like that actually nothing i was just i was just kind of nothing i was just like just present. That's all I was. I was just present. Um, yeah. So it, it, practice and perseverance, but also yeah, just having an awareness. Like I say to to my to my clients, the people on Sacred Creator, the first victory. Remember, the first victory is recognition. So even if someone comes to me like, I was doing so well, then I've I've just spent the past five days just being fueled with anger. But you know, you've recognised it. So that's the victory. Don't give yourself a hard time because you've just recognised it. So then just. Remember when you recognize it again, it might be four and a half days rather than five days. So just that's the victory. That's the victory. Just keep going forward. Keep going forward. As I say, I mean, I've been doing this for nine years, right? Like I know what it was like to be there. Um, so it's not it's not easy. And there's been days like when you get when you get into it because you have moments of elation. I'm like, oh, I'm there. I've literally I've just lived for the past two days just from my heart and my soul. Oh, my goodness. I've, I've got a glimpse of what that feels like. Yes, yes, yes. I'm there. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. But then you'll get triggered without realizing. And then you get really confused because then you'll moments in your ego, moments in your heart mind, moments in your ego, moments in your heart consciousness. And you're like, oh, what, what, what is the bloody? There's no point. But just again, just give yourself a break laugh at it recognize the victory and keep going forward keep going forward i really want to thank you for your time because i love i love this um every time we meet up um it's it's always something to share and every time you share something it gives me a lot to think about you know and for me to work on you know so i don't know like i said i i look at i look at you as a mentor as a teacher you know um and Thank you. That means so much. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. That means so much. Thank you. I think it's just like we're all we're just all teachers, right? We all can we all have these gifts to bring that that we can all learn from each other. Yeah. Well, have a good evening uh, wherever you are in the world right now, um, or morning or afternoon, and uh, we'll catch up again um, next month or every first Thursday. Uh, of the month we will always meet up and have a session like this perfect okay. look forward to the next one my friend send in okay. everybody so much love and many blessings i'll speak to you soon okay bye Lots of love. bye bye
Wow, I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.